and welcome to the Def Jam Beer Podcast. My name's Sean, and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffin, Mr. Boffin, and how are we? Sean, I'm here for the second time in the last month with a soul in hand, so <laughs> I'm pretty fucking good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Um, bit of a story today, it was lunchtime, I went for a... Uh, <clears throat> Went for a, a drive up to the shops because I needed to grab some things. <coughs> some banh mi. No, no, actually, no, no, no. You pr- <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, have you just have you just saw a point? No, no. I want to talk about uh, the banh mi. I've actually had maybe three banh mi in the last week, so it's 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 a it's fair question. There. Um, and I'm gonna have pho tomorrow for lunch. Oh my god, Vietnamese king. Uh, literally, king of Saigon. Yeah, uh, I wish there was a way to spell Sean with like. <laughs> Vietnamese letters. <laughs> um, anyway, I went up. Uh, I got this book that I ordered, and then I went to the local card shop, uh, an LG, an LGS, your local card store. Sean in Vietnamese. Nah, talk amongst yourselves. I'm just saying if there's a way to spell Sean in, um, in Vietnamese. No, nah, that doesn't look like. Oh, there you go. In, there you in go. Thai. In Thai. Some, some nice characters. Anyway, you went to the local <laughs> card shop, like you. You're like, talking about like gift cards or are you talking about like playing cards like Magic the Gathering and stuff oh right? true yeah, yeah, what, what, what shop is that Mind Games Northgate High bloody, Street bloody hell yes yeah, the one with oh, the you're goblins oh you're working from home yeah working from home I was thinking you were in I was thinking you you're in south side in right. redacted south side suburb so it's not to dox you but as no a, as opposed to redacted north side suburb <laughs> um Oh, man, I love redacted North <laughs> Suburb. Um, so yeah, went to the card shop, went in, um, said, "Hey man, just looking for looking for some commander decks. Do you have any like cheap ones? Less than forty bucks would be great." And he's like, "Yeah, I've got all these. I've got all the starter decks. They're like thirty bucks." Oh, sick man! He lays them out on the table. I'm looking at him like, look, I don't know, you know, I don't know too much. Which one's the best? And he goes, well, me, because in in magic, everyone's got a color, pretty much. Like everyone's got. What does the color mean? It's like your favorite team, pretty much. Like, oh, we, right. like when you when you're building your deck, you might really like. Like this guy says he loves green, so he's like, I'm gonna recommend the green deck to you. I think it's the most fun. But I was like, oh no, actually, if we're going by that, I was like, well, my favorite is blue, right? And all these sort of colors have different tribes, and they've got different like. Um, you know, strengths and weaknesses and they're all they, they've got different archetypes that they play under um, and I'm like oh I'm blue and blue's typically like the you know the, the cunty class it's very okay. very like a lot of counter spells a lot of like disruption a lot of like board wipes just trying to make everyone unhappy so, so a bit of a, like a specialist class are we talking like a- yeah like a slow control it's like you're you're trying to stop everyone and then once you've stopped everyone for the whole entire game in the last five minutes you want to win okay um and then, so I said to him, so he's like, oh, here's all the decks. He's like, I would say green, but and I was like, oh, actually, no, I might go blue because that's my favorite. And he goes, oh, you're a heathen. Oh. <laughs> and then Can I we like, get a physical description of the man? Not that it should matter, but it does. Maybe six, five. Fucking s- hell. Slicked back hair. Um, potentially. My brother, you're playing with the wrong magic. <laughs> Potentially, potentially creased from a, f- a fedora at the back. Fucking hell! Um, no, just just like a just like a gentle giant who Do works for the card shop. Do you think fedora wearers in twenty twenty three are in on it? And it's like a post irony, like take or I, I reckon it is, but they just don't know how to um, execute the joke. Yeah, I reckon they're all like, "This is so funny. We're gonna look like, you know, we're, we're making fun but of ourselves." But then they just look like a fedora wearer, and yeah. then and then they, uh, the 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 moment comes where the punchline is to be said, and they just stumble over, and all of a sudden you are a fedora wearer. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, yeah, anyway, he called me a heathen. I was like, oh, I am a prick. And he goes, well, at least you're aware. And I'm like, brother, I'm buying the cheapest decks you own because I don't know too much about the game. And this isn't a great introduction. No, it was. It was no, nice. don't fucking... You did that before we started recording. Don't doubt yourself. Don't come in with this like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or I've No, done. no, I'm definitely not just, like that. Just like, please, back yourself. All right, all right. Back yourself like I back you. All right, I'm the best Magic the Gathering player there is who's been playing for you sub 12 to, months. No, 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 it doesn't even have to be that. It's just that you will be at some point. Thanks. You're going to get there. I literally <laughs> was just thinking as you were saying that story, I can't wait to talk to you in three weeks and you'd be literally obsessed with Magic the Gathering. I've been I've been pretty obsessed for with the cardboard crack for about six to nine months. So why you, why how do you not know much about it if you're only because there's so much like the game's been out for like twenty or thirty years like there's so much stuff going on and all the cards from all those years ago are like still relevant. Yeah. So if you want to be like an expert, you need to have just thirty years worth of knowledge in your noggin. Yeah, but it's it's good. I, I would say I like have a an average understanding of the game and yeah. a grasp on the, the concepts. What from my experience with other card games across the history of my life? Well, I... That was a very fedora thing to say. <laughs> um, I've been reading this book called Lost Realms, the jacket of which you can see over there <laughs> on the bench. And the, the subtitle of the book is Histories of Britain from the Romans to the Vikings. And it focuses on the lesser known... British kingdoms from the end of the Roman period through the Saxon period to the start of the Viking period, period of about five to 600 years. And a lot of people who are interested in the Anglo-Saxon history of England, they know a lot about, you know, like Wessex and Mercia, Northumbria, the really big ones. But this focuses on the lesser known peoples who still left a historical imprint, Fortru, Altclud, the Huissa, for example. And it's just made me want to play Total War Britannia so badly. Which is, the Total War video game is probably my favorite video game series of all time mm. on the PC. They're and good. they did they did the Britannia version, which is set in roughly it starts the campaign in in Britain in roughly like let's say like eight. 85. Mm. So Alfred is fully ensconced as the king of Wessex. Wessex is like the, the, the nominal power across most of mainland Britain. But the Vikings are raiding and establishing coastal kingdoms and there's still like the old tribal kingdoms intact. And um, it, it's really a wonderful game. And reading this book, I'm just like, I'm, I'm torn between wanting to go and sit in that armchair with the lights dimmed and a blanket over me and just read the book versus go back to my parents' house, turn on the PC and load up Total War Britannia. Yeah. Maybe with some Doritos next to me and really go full fedora. Um, it's crazy that you'll, you, you'll be reading all these books and you go, man, I just want to fucking play Total War. And I'll be at lunchtime just reading an article about, you know, just free agency moves and we're going to talk about some on this podcast. And go, man, I just want to get on 2K, start a my league and just like see how the rotations look. Today, I did a, um, before I came, I did a Houston my league. Mm. <coughs> um, how the rotations look? Well, so I signed Harden, I signed Brooke Lopez. Bloody hell. Uh, drafted AUSAR Thompson. Was it Alsa? I'm going to go say Asua. Asua, yeah. It's the the twins. This is the better twin. Drafted him fourth um, and traded. I worked it out to be a sign and trade uh, getting rid of uh, Kevin Porter Jr. to get um, 
James Harden. Can you do sign and trades in 2K? No, you can just force it and then say, this is what's happened, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, and... Uh, this is what's happened, guys, to the computer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the rotation was pretty pretty stacked, especially when Ty Ty Washington's like a 76 overall. Which- 2K really fucking lost it the season when they were like, everyone who used to be 71 is now 77 yeah 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 um, really re- and then they didn't adjust the contracts so that like every single cunt mm. by the second season was like 83 overall and they were like I want the max mm, mm. yeah what? but uh, so and, oh, yeah. and the way they're fixed it now is that those guys just don't sign with teams well, um, but then so, they're just sitting in the free agent yeah, thing, yeah. but you can't sign them because they want 26 million a year it's like so Cali Ubre is sitting there and then it's like, oh, okay, I'll pick him up for the minimum. And he's like, no, I want $12 million. That's why I don't want it in free agency. And if you're all left made it so that if you're a free agent for two years, you automatically retire. Yeah, which is terrible. Mm. Kelly Uber retired 31. Oh, poor bastard. Wow. <laughs> um, so that, that actually is a perfect segue to our first topic. Would the NBA be better if Kelly Uber retired? <laughs> how, how old is Kelly Uber? Kelly Uber's got to be pushing 30. He's 20, 28. I'm going to say he's 29. 27. <laughs> He's 27? What's a star that with? That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right at all. Fuck, he's so handsome. He's so irrelevant. He's got to be the all handsome. What's, oh, that's Phoenix. Yeah, that's Phoenix. He was so good in Phoenix. He's got to be the all handsome team of the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him yeah. and Wayne Selden at the two and the three, I reckon. Him and his wife. Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. Just don't Google Kevon Looney wife. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Oubre wife. All right, let's go over here. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's 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 a she's a gorgeous woman, but she wouldn't probably be making like the All NBA uh, All NBA handsome team. There's a lot of there's a lot of bloody contests for that. CJ um, McCollum's wife. <laughs> I know you're very fond of CJ McCollum's wife. Elise. <laughs> you, you, Sean, you have a type and your type is CJ McCollum's wife. <laughs> and CJ McCollum's wife look alike. <laughs> All right. Instead, instead of talking what, ball wives, should we just, should we talk ball? Sure. Um, Boston, Miami, game four. This was going to be a sweep, but it wasn't. Boston. It's won. actually a bit tedious that it wasn't. Well, see, uh, that's what I thought. But then before we before we started recording, you were like, oh, it's the series over. <laughs> did, I, did I say it like that? <laughs> yeah, you were Bill Simmons. No, you, you were Jacoby being like, uh, I, don't, oh, I don't know if Jalen Brown gets the max bill. <laughs> Ryan Rosillo on the Sunday night. Um, BS podcast mm. he's got to lead the league for most overtly praising bills per game <laughs> like Bill will say something <laughs> yeah 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 you're like yeah like I always thought that Jalen Brown couldn't dribble and then Ryan will just be like yeah yeah you did always think yeah, that and yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. we know he just said it <laughs> you're in a room just you two yeah, yeah. what do you you do that four times an episode um, get yeah, it's a bit like yeah, it's there. like now now Bill, you've been on the Jamal Murray train for a long time. Yeah. I'm um, coming he, coming cre- out of Kentucky. Credit where credit is due, he knows who pays his checks. <laughs> like he really gets that. Um the funniest thing Ryan Rosillo has ever said is when <laughs> is when they're doing um they're doing a draft show and they were talking about um they were doing an NBA draft show and then comparing it to the NFL draft and then it's like by the by the fifth round you're sort of walking in and out of the room like you're not really paying attention to it. Yeah. One hundred percent. And then um and then Bill was was saying something along the lines of 
like you know i i was just i was walking in and then i was i sort of double took and was like oh my god who went then and then kept walking and then the way he worded it was just like oh so i was just like i was i, I was in the kitchen that i walked past um I was like I walked past the 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 theater or like the movie room, mm. and I was like, "Oh my god, who's just been drafted?" Then he kept on going to the living room, and then Ryan Russillo is just like, "Must be nice." <laughs> Actually, must be. Um, so Boston, Miami. Um, are the, do you reckon the Celtics are dead in the water? Well, yes, no, because <clears throat> I'm gonna go full Jordan Peterson here. It depends what you mean by dead in the water. Are they going to lose this series in five games? Yeah, they're going to lose this series. That's the sentence. Right. They are going to lose a series because the statistical probability of them winning the next three games is pretty fucking low. Mm, especially mm. when Miami's already won two games on the road and they get a home game. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll, I've actually... <laughs> Jamie, I've pulled it up. Um, only three teams have forced a game seven after trailing three zip. I think this is as the road to... As, as the home team losing the first two games, but I could be wrong. Um, the 1951 Rochester Royals defeated the New York Knicks in the finals. 1994 Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, 2003 Dallas Mavericks, Portland Trailblazers. Um, those Rochester Royals, they really got up and they, they, they would have been... Don't sleep on the, on the Knicks-Royals uh, rivalry of yore. Uh, they're gonna, they're, I think they're going to lose, but you would be so heartened if you were in the Celtics sphere by game four, them actually particularly in the second half, like playing good D. Making shots. Yeah. And I I don't like the, I haven't really vibed with the, the characterization of this Miami run as like down to shooting luck, which a lot, a lot of the commentary has focused on that. This was an average three point shooting team in the regular season. And in the playoffs, they're like an above average shooting team, which is, which is true, but there's also a lot else that they're doing. It's just like every single person you know, probably except when Kevin Love is in there, is like a really competent defender. And yeah. their best two players are like elite two-way forces. Mm. Jimmy Butler, and can't believe that I'm going to include Gabe Vincent in this, but Jimmy Butler, Adebayo, and Gabe Vincent have been really good at creating open threes, mm. which obviously they're hitting at a really good rate, but part of hitting, hitting threes at a good rate is getting the open threes. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about the fact that they, they shot poorly in this game and I definitely don't think that the reason that they lost this game is because they finally reverted to form and this is just who they are and they're, they're not going to make all these threes going forward yeah. um, that being said Boston defended really well and there have been problems through the first few games with execution and then particularly in game three with actually like you know wanting it <laughs> uh, which they which they didn't after you know Miami went on a bit of a run to end the second quarter I mean also like the 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 garbage time started when the fourth quarter started like Mike Muscala was playing like with 11 minutes to go in the fourth I quarter. mean the garbage time started halfway through the third when the yeah. starters were out yeah the starters were fully were mm. fully out there uh, when, when you know it was like 26 points 29 points at the end of the third like mm. alright that's that's garbage um so whilst I whilst I don't think that you can like kind of chalk up like Miami's performance here to like the real Boston and the real Miami emerged, mm. like I would not be, you know, would not be surprised at all if this went to six or seven. Like I, yeah. I think Boston are in with an absolute real shot to win Game Five in Boston, having kind of reconnected with what 
what Boston Celtics basketball has meant over the last two mm. seasons. I, I mean, it's definitely like <clears throat> the reason why we were so shocked at how this series has gone is because Boston is a much better team. Like Boston has the talent and it just happens that Jalen Brown can't put the ball in the basket. Um, or on the floor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just uh, like, I thought this, I thought this series was over. I thought we were getting like, you know, hashtag script being leaked. I thought we were getting one of those ones because um, when Golden State was eliminated in at the end of the um, uh, at the end of the Lakers series, there was all the reports coming out. Shams and Woj has had these articles pre-written saying like, you know, chemistry, Kaminga and Paul weren't happy, bloody blah, and they just hit publish on them. Um, and that that was all like the second Golden State got eliminated. But all those articles and all those reports were sort of coming out just before game four tipped off and i was like oh this is going to be very depressing i said in the group chat where it's just like is what's the margin for this game is it set at like 20 points because like how are they going to show any fight like you know it's it seemed a little bit like the celtics were just fighting for a gentleman's sweep um i will say like some of those reports that came out were one a quote from malcolm brogdon saying that the uh, the team's identity has waned all season uh one from adrian warrior of espn saying that the celtics quote never got over unquote Ime Doko being dismissed um and then jake fisher sort of answering a question about joe Mazzulla potentially getting fired saying that it wouldn't be the right thing to do but like he's still fucking coaching games he can't get fired before game four so i was like this the this is the mega bad vibes you could ever get heading into a playoff game um but yeah they they won and they looked really good Struce, vincent robinson martin and larry were five of 23 from behind the arc um jimmy butler hasn't really had a jimmy butler game this whole series it's actually like they've they've done a good job on him himself and i thought at the start of the series that they were just going to let jimmy be jimmy and they were letting him take those midi jimmies um, but no, he's like he, he hasn't been hitting his threes. He hasn't been hitting some crazy threes like he was in the Buck series. Um, and they've just got tall people to guard the rim, like Al Horford and Rob Williams, and it's been fine. Like yeah, Grant, Grant Williams obviously isn't doing it, but yeah. Jimmy hasn't had like a, a crazy forty-point game yet. But I guess he hasn't needed to though, because yeah. he he executed down the stretch of games one and two when they were close, and he executed in transition and he executed defensively to really like rip both of those games open. Um, and in game one in particular, he was still able to get to, like, he didn't have a great, you know, like a crazy game statistically, but he was still getting to all of his spots that he wanted. Like, mm. the, you know, the threes excluded where he, he hasn't been hitting them, Yeah. but he was still getting to the short mid and like around the rim, like getting to that point where he can decide, all right, I'm going to explode an attack or I'm going to like elevate and try and go over. And either of those is an awesome option for him. Mm. He was able to get there against Tatum. He was able to get there against Brown. Mm. Uh, we've seen certainly that he can get there against White, Brogdon and even Smart. So mm. if you if you put the little, the, the smaller guards on him, that's an invitation yeah. for a big Jimmy game. Like, but like, you're right. And, and like, I understand that like they're, they're winning games and all that matters that he's got a plus minus a 20 in all these games or whatever it is. But like, as soon as you're like, okay, Boston won this game. They won convincingly. They, they did a good job. If we're going to play devil's advocate and say, Oh, is this going to go to seven? Like if a team's going to do it, it's going to be this team that was the two seed and looks like confident title contenders the whole time. Then you look back on it and go, well, Jimmy hasn't, like, he's definitely, like, been able to assert himself, but he hasn't been just, like, putting his fingerprints all over the game. 
Mm. Not that maybe he hasn't needed to, but it's like... I, I would disagree with that, though. Right. Because I think everything else that happened that's happened for them offensively has happened as a result of him. Yeah, and okay. He doesn't necessarily need to be shooting 60% and scoring 30 for his gravity, his ability to play make, and his ability to keep things ticking over when they need to for that to matter. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's fair enough. Um, I think it's going to be a five-game series. They're going to go into Boston and win. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because it feels like it's been going on for so long, but it's, if Miami win the next game, it's a gentleman's sweep, which is like laughable. <laughs> yeah. It, feel, it just feels like this. This it's dragged on for, in my mind for so much longer than this, and it's like, wow... Like, they're really, like, in the crucible. But it's like, it's been four games. There's three games left maximum. And, mm. like, Miami could fully just, like, go in there, have a have a big first half, and then the game's over. Because mm. you know if Miami's up by 14 at halftime, like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. As, good yeah. As, as good as Boston played, as well as Boston played in game four, and as much as they kind of, like, showed all of the things that they lacked in game three from the the mental standpoint like mm. I don't have any faith in this team to like come back from nah. a big lead just a deficit yeah it's a, yeah, a deficit I also don't have any faith in them to like execute down the stretch like if it's six points going into the last five minutes I think Miami's gonna win Jason Tatum just walking with the ball would, yeah. would probably give you those vibes I um, think for Boston to win any of these remaining games they need to be or, or in particular game five they need to be up by like ten in the fourth quarter like yeah it needs to be like semi out of reach. Um, injury update: uh, Gabe Vincent, who rolled his ankle. Did you see that play where he rolled his ankle? Just it was, it was very weird. I thought Tatum might have undercut him there, and then they were going to review it for five minutes. And I was going to miss the rest of five minutes viewing during my lunch break. Isn't it just the way? But it's just complete, complete non-contact. Um, Gabe Vincent is questionable for Game Five. And Tyler Hero, who we all laughed and said, ah, ha, 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 as if he's going to come back for the finals and not even going to make it out of the plane. <laughs> um, there is an update. Uh, he's been cleared for non-contact work um, somewhere. Marco Holden Jeffrey is asking um, if that's three on three or five on five. Um, but he's quote unlikely to return this season. Unquote per Anthony Chiang. How would you say that? Chang. Chang. Miami Herald. Um, yeah, uh, no Tyler Hero in the finals, which is like, okay, I guess fun. Uh, Duncan Robinson's been doing a great job. Uh, and one more sort of non-injury thing, um, Kevin Love shouldn't be starting. Yeah. yeah. Just just like put a, put the put the twin out there. I mean, he's a good bullet to have in the chamber though, situationally, but obviously it's when a- you have four <laughs> guys, actually maybe five guys on the court who can take him off the dribble, it's like, ah... Uh, <laughs> If there was only three guys, like maybe, <laughs> but the fact that both of their bigs at any one time yeah. can take him off the dribble. Yeah, yeah. Is, He's either going to run around or run over. Um, yeah. yeah, bullet in the chamber, but maybe a bullet that you like point to the ground shoot just to make sure that the gun works. Or in- into the sky. So, mm. so by the time listeners are listening. God, they're this, good at that. Uh, it'll be the day of or the day after or the day after the day after mm. game five so you know you'll kind of know where where this is at but in an attempt to date this episode if Miami wins this series do you think they can beat the Nuggets? Um, the Nuggets who we haven't talked about but they're in the NBA finals for the first time <laughs> yeah. for the first time in franchise history and, and Nikola Jokic won Western Conference MVP obviously N- Nicole- Devin Booker stiff yeah I thought <laughs> Nikola Jokic um, 
Yeah, Nikola Jokic uh, turns out he was just resting for the last two months of the season. Like he just yeah. had a big Christmas and said, "I'll see you in the finals." If average triple double. If there were, if there were gonna be, if I could name the top three players who would do that, him and Luca would be two of them. Yeah, LeBron would be the other one. <laughs> um, I I think the Denver Nuggets. Like, I think the Denver Nuggets would sweep that series. I think there's just such differences between the conferences and like, yes, Miami are, are, are on an absolute hot streak, but Denver look extremely unstoppable and it just sucks that we can't really see, I, I guess we are going to see the conferences play each other in the NBA finals, but um, it's, I'll, I'll stop myself and say I'm just so fucking interested because we've seen very, very, very good teams come up against the Miami Heat and they just keep winning and they keep winning and they win. And if they're not going to win, Jimmy Butler says, hold on a minute, I'm going to try and win this fucking basketball game. And then he does something crazy and they win the game. And there's kind of nobody like who I, at the moment, who I would take over Jimmy, like in terms of, well, like let's, who, say, who, let's say, let's say, let's, let's say it's clutch time. <laughs> Andre Iguodala and I don't mean <laughs> I want Iguodala I don't mean clutch time like in a fucking basketball forever kind of kind of way I mean clutch time in a like NBA.com forward slash stats kind of way mm. last five minutes of a game that's five points or less mm. I, I would rather have Jimmy than Jokic um, like who would you say that Jimmy Bell is your MVP of the playoffs I mean again book a stiff <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like Nikola Jokic just average a triple double or no, going for up, sure, for sure. Going but, up against but Anthony I, Davis. I guess I guess because Boston sorry, because Denver has been the has been clearly the most complete team of the mm. the playoff field in in every round. Like they they have done they've done it different ways. They've really never looked like they were gonna be like seriously challenged. Mm. Um Jokic, even though he has done so much, he hasn't like you know had to have the fifty six points to like beat the fucking one seed. Yeah. Um. He hasn't had to. Well, I mean, he had what fifty two against the Phoenix Suns. No, no, for for, for sure. But like, yeah. like fifty two for Jokic against the Phoenix Suns is is. Oh, is, you mean he hasn't had to do it like Jimmy Butler has to? Like to, they would have won the series. Yeah. You know, anyway, Jimmy, but, but Jimmy was, Butler has yeah. Jimmy Butler has has kind of done it when it needed to be done, and no one else could do it. It was like a, it was a Jimmy thing, and there's there's just a je ne sais quoi. Yeah. That I think sometimes you see on a playoff run. And sometimes you see it on a playoff run and the team loses in seven in the second round. Yeah. Like, it doesn't always lead to a finals berth. But, you know... I believe that's called the Anthony Edwards. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Edwards still, you know, even when the Juno Sequoia was popping, he was still, what's French for throwing the ball away? Um, Whatever that is. Listeners, get in touch at P.O. Box. No laugh? Nah. It's It's your joke. (laughs) It's your fucking joke. (laughs) Anyway... um, I'm I'm soft buying into the like Jimmy has that dog in him yeah narrative because because statistically speaking like he does yeah. <laughs> he's, he's pretty much fucking proven it scientifically yeah 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 there will be peer reviewed studies that would stand up to scrutiny that it, this yeah. playoff run he has had that dog in him uh, it's but it's it's a it's a team full of playoff and finals experience against Contavious Caldwell Pope. A, a six-five guard who's shooting fifty, forty, ninety, and averaging thirty-three points, and the the best offensive player of our life. 
but yeah, yeah there's the dogs are on the side of it. I mean, LeBron James has been playing. Oh, no, maybe not. Definitely the last twelve months. Yeah, because <laughs> when were the last finals? Maybe eleven point five months ago. Yeah, probably eleven. He's Jokic is the best offensive player yeah. of the last eleven months. Yes, I think that that much. <laughs> That much is 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 indisputable. Um, and Michael Porter Jr. is playing defense. He's he's averaging fourteen points, but like uh, I can definitely see Michael Porter Jr. Like if if it's like uh, Martin's guarding Murray or Jimmy Butler's on Murray, um, Bam Bam and Jokic is a great matchup. Um, but maybe the lights are going to get a little bit too bright, and Bam's going to short arm all of his mid ranges. Mm. Um, Michael Porter Jr. again is just is is just the guy who's just you know, not not going to be respected, which is fair enough. He's the third option, but yeah. we've seen him put up Just, 20, 30, 36 yeah. points in I, playoff series before. Neither here nor there. <laughs> but I did, in one of my uh, Instagram explore scrolls the other day, see like, you know, you got like the thinking basketball video light on like, it's like 50 seconds I've on never Instagram. seen it. Sounds good. It's not by thinking basketball. It's just by some, some guy on Instagram. Yeah. But they'll do like cut cut a few clips and do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And th- th- this guy was saying, I'm not, you know, I haven't jumped on basketball reference to verify. So I'm just going to take him at his word. This man from Instagram. <laughs> During this season, Michael Porter Jr. had four games where he had two or more assists. And oh, he had 24 games where he had zero assists. This is true. So he's six times more likely to not register an assist than he is to register two or more, which is fucking insane you know, when you think about it like that that is so hard to do you know what he did in game four what he had six assists did he actually <laughs> I fucking missed that yeah he had he had like a fucking career high in assists Move, my man's moving the ball <laughs> um now where are we what's his name Michael nope that's definitely a one <laughs> were you thinking of Gordon who had five Nah, I don't give a crap what Aaron does. Nah, you do. Didn't you say six assists in game three? Six assists. 14, you don't give a crap what Aaron does. Didn't you say that? Didn't you say that highlight ten times where he looks at Murray and goes like this? He does with the eyes, and then Murray <laughs> goes back door and he finds him. Didn't yeah. you say that? Um, man, I, I saw this tweet that was just so true. But it's like um, Aaron Gordon got traded to Denver and quickly figured out if he just does everything Jokic says. He's just going to make a career for the rest of his life. And you'll see sometimes in the game, Jokic will just like point to him and be like, go there, go there, do this, do that. And just without any thinking, he just says like, yes, I'll do it. I know yeah. I'm going to get two points off it. And it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. People in my netball team haven't figured that out. Yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm doing the, I'm doing the point. I'm doing the point. They're staying where they are. Um, we did have a very good win the other day. I had a good win on Monday as well. Yeah. I saw you with the little medal in your mouth. Congratulations. Thanks, mate. We we made a team whose shooter was six foot six. Oh. And, um, I played goal defense. Really? So, so their their goal attack was six foot six. I played I played goal defense. What'd you do? Nothing better than jumping up and knocking the ball away from a tall bloke when they throw really? it. Really? Because the tall bloke just doesn't. He, he just expects it. I hate tall people. Yeah, tricks. I mean, you're you're standing here at significantly six. above the Australian median six two in shoes. Yeah, six two in shoes. And I mean, for height. I mean, I'm five foot eight. So. Mm. Yeah, you know, there's. You got to wear big shoes, man. That's my secret. Yeah. Anyway, you. Uh, I'll, I'll pick. I'll pick Denver in in four or five. What What would you pick for the finals? I'll pick. I'll pick Denver in six. 
Yeah. I just, it's, uh, going back to what I said, it's just mega mindset versus guys who haven't been here before. And maybe Denver win this and it's like, ooh, 2015 Warriors, are they going to start something? Yeah. I mean, they haven't been here before, but everyone on that team has, has like, They've lost dozens to, of yeah. playoff games. Every yeah, they, they've, they've all played in the conference finals. They've lost to Rodney Rodney Hood and a game winner in overtime three of Rodney game seven. Hood. <laughs> he oh, actually, man. I think he actually plays for Shenzhen. That's no bullshit. <laughs> nah, <laughs> let's yeah, let's fact check that. Rodney, talk amongst yourselves. Rodney Hood, that's a deep cut. That is such a deep cut. Remember how good he was going to be? Yeah. Well, remember how like okay he was. He last played for the Clippers. So good on him. <laughs> Professional. Oh, see, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Well, no, nah, he, well, he's never played oh. for Shenzhen or even ostensibly in China. So you must be thinking about a different hood. <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, take the L on this one, Shawnee. Milwaukee. Which province is that in? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. Do they have, a, do they have noodles? Maybe that's where Hot Pot came from. <laughs> Have you ever had hot pot? Nah, because so, I don't think it's very vegan friendly. It's probably not. <laughs> so there's a hot pot near my work, like a kick of the footy, right? It's yeah. the panda hot. On a good big... day or a bad day? Oh, man, yeah, you got a little bit of legs in there. <laughs> um, so let's just call it a bad day. It's quite far, actually. <laughs> so I walk past it every morning I go to work. Yeah. And I smell it. They're cooking the soups at 8 a.m. In the morning. Like, yeah, getting it ready. Yeah. I can smell it. Say, That's a hot pot. Gotta gotta go one day. Just smells like pepper, really. Yeah. Um, Sichuan pepper. And though. a few of my colleagues don't want to go. And it's like, okay, that's fair enough. Like, if you don't want to go, you lame. don't want to go. Um, but I do want to go one day. And then I've looked in. I've seen like you know, it's just it's a hot pot that they fill up with broth. You can get a divider. So if you and I went out together, would get a divider. You would get your mushrooms and your vegetables. And I would get some some wagyu beef or something, right? But I just I just don't know how good it's going to be. Like it's isn't it just soup? My friend went to the Carlton one, which has the massive golden dragon hanging from the roof in the in the middle of the in the middle of the whole like dining. Where is dining it in Carlton? Uh, probably not Ligon Street. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, if, if it was, I would know because I'm 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 up and down Ligon. True. Um, well, we'll figure it out off yeah, air. We'll figure it out. Um, and he said, I said, oh, well, you know, it looks quite good. It's quite expensive. That must be like pretty good. Yeah. And he goes, no, man, they just came out with some frozen meat and then just threw it in the sauce, threw it in the soup. And I'm like, well, that seems like something I would do at home. Mm, it does, um, doesn't it? But yeah, you're right. Yeah, this, this isn't a good conversation to have with a vegan because like you'd just be having sort of broth with... No, don't don't um don't make that decision for me. Okay, I'll, I'll have the conversations. You know, I mean, to, to take the listeners behind the kimono here on uh, on on Tuesday night, I came home from work, and um, maybe it was Monday. Night, I came home came home from work, and I went via East Brunswick Coles, and I'm a Woolworths shopper. Like I, I go to Woolworths. That's crazy. I, I I'm shop, a Colesh man. I don't shop at Colesh, but they do really. They have Nature's Kitchen, the home brand. They do really good vegan agnolotti, mushroom mm. agnolotti, mm. and I was really feeling like some mushroom agnolotti. Going to make myself a nice red sauce. Mm-hmm. Go <clears throat> stickers everywhere saying that they're having supply issues with their chilled pasta range, <laughs> and they only had Rana spinach and ricotta tortellini obviously Rana is like the goat TR supermarket stuffed pasta so I was like you know what I'm in the fucking mood for some stuffed pasta 
just gonna I'm just gonna do it in a minute at the chase. I ate the ricotta. Had a full serve of it, like like a lot of food. Like we're probably talking half a kilogram of yeah. of, of combined sauce yeah. and pasta. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Felt pretty yeah, it was delicious, <laughs> loved it. The next day I did eight shits. <laughs> I shit eight times in, in like a 12 hour period at work yeah yeah and yeah. they weren't like oh I've done three and my stomach's upset I'm gonna go and sit down and do like a little like poop like fart for a bit and then just a little bit they were they were all full body like they were like a full like again yeah. we're probably talking a couple hundred grams each like <laughs> if we had done the before and after on the scales it would have yeah, been yeah, shocked yeah. you know the best way to figure that out though on the scales how much is just shit right on them yeah yeah. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> all right. Speaking of uh, shitting right dunks. on the scales. Nah, ah. speaking of dumps. Fucking hell, you're stepping on my Fuck. toes, bro. We've got a good old-fashioned news dump here to get to in the second half of this episode. It's been a minute. Do you want to bloody lead us off with some just absolutely dog shit news? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, news. Well, oh. <laughs> So we've got three James, four James Harden updates. Um, the first one is what everything is pretty much based around is that the Houston Rockets, quote, expect, unquote, to sign James Harden in free agency, according to Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, James Harden, if he was to re-sign at his max with the, with the Philadelphia 76ers, it would be... Uh, four for $210 million. Um, If he signs with, uh, the, the wording was a rival team, but if he signs with another team, um, it'll be four for 201.7. So not actually that much money um, going by the wayside here if he were to leave in free agency. Um, the report also mentioned that Harden's mum still lives in Houston, even though he's been what, to two different uh, Eastern... Did the report also mention that James Harden's probably made $300 million in his <laughs> yeah. career, so an extra $9 million over four years mm. is unlikely to sway him? No, I didn't actually say that. Um, but this that. is... Look, I'll, I'll, skip to, I'll skip to the last thing I've written here coming from Sean Carroll of the Deep Two NBA podcast. I still think this is a massive fucking cover-up for the tampering allegations where he forgot to decline his player option like he forgot to send the papers off to the league office and then it just so happened that Daryl Morey by not signing him to the extension just so happened that Daryl Morey could sign his best friend PJ Tucker that's his best friend being both James Harden and Daryl Morey's um and then everyone's like tampering 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 someone take a fucking second round pick of him won't someone think of the second round picks and he said no 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 no. I was going to pick up my player option anyway and then immediately the report came out, oh, he's thinking about going back to Houston because it was the only likely destination. If he'd said, oh, I want to join Charlotte, all of a sudden Charlotte fans are like, oh my fucking God, we're going to sign a free agent not called L. Jefferson. This is fucking cool. But Houston's like believable enough. They're one of the six cap space teams this season. They're hopeless enough. They're poorly managed enough that it's like, oh, I could see them like signing a 34-year-old former MVP to pair with their 21-year-old young rising stars. Um, and I just think that it's, it's so much noise and it's looking so believable that when Adam Silver comes a-knocking saying, hey, you just re-signed with the Philadelphia 76ers um, and you weren't an all-NBA player then and, and you're actually saving a lot of money and you've still got PJ Tucker on your roster, um, we're going to find you, don't worry. It just seems like well, it's it just seems like it just seems like James Harden's going to turn around and be like, oh no, I actually want to compete for titles, and what I can do is win here in Philly. But I will mention 
He's absolute fucking give up on basketball in the last game of that Boston series. Probably indicates he doesn't want to be there. That's just all the information I've seen and what I've what I've seen from it. What, what do you think, Dante? It's too elaborate. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon it's too elaborate because because the thing that it relies on is complicit media reporting, and there's too much media reporting about it from too many from too many different places for those people to be complicit in the you know com- I, it relies on them being complicit or it relies on them being under Daryl Morey's spell where Daryl Morey can say this is what we're doing and he knows mm. he knows that James Harden isn't gonna go he knows it's an elaborate cover up but no one else does yeah. and that's why they're also faithfully reporting it I think one of neither of those two things can be true I don't mm-hmm. think um, that you know that being said like I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Harden go but I, I'm I'm wouldn't be surprised to see Harden go based on the other things like his give up in yeah. you know in not not because of like all of the reporting and stuff. yeah 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 the reporting for you know for for what it's worth worth I mean, know, yeah. some of which coming from Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report by the way Yeoman's work. Harden takes competitive basketball and basketball freedom to be himself. Which, like, just fuck off. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Oh, so you can't have both. Oh, wait, you're in, you're in a two-seater and you're seeking competitive basketball. Yeah, okay, I get it. It's also not 2018. Yeah, yeah. Like, and playing like it is, you know, Harden in particular, he said something. So this is the five-minute rag on Harden section. We're putting aside our critical thinking about who is initiating the media narrative and whether or not there's a master plan to avoid NBA sanctions here. And I'm at least going to lean into Ragnar on Harden. He said this thing in in the playoffs after his, after his really good game one, the 45-point game yeah, one in the second yeah, round. Yeah. He was like, man, you guys have been so hard on me. You know, all all this time, you you always criticize me for I'm scoring 35 points, but my team's not winning. So then I changed. I'm scoring 23 points and getting 12 assists, and I'm bringing everyone into the game. And then you criticize me and say, "Oh, he's not the old James Harden. He's he's not scoring." <laughs> and the the conceit of that comment is that. <laughs> You guys criticized me, so I changed the way that I played, and you'll just never be happy because you're always trying to find something wrong with the way that I'm playing. And that's not true because no player consciously is like, oh, the media doesn't like that I'm all NBA first team every single year and winning multiple scoring titles. I guess I'm just going to fundamentally change the way that I play for the media. No. You just lost it. <laughs> you just are not as good as you were and yeah. trying to make it seem like you had like a an active role in that and it was a conscious shift. Like, no, it's not. When Embiid's been out, you haven't been scoring 35 mm. points a game. When you've needed to score 35 points a game, you haven't. It's not mm. like that's been there and you've put it to the side. You have just lost it. You're just 34 years old. Well, um, and the other thing as well, like... You know, not to lean into the TMZ side of things, but Harden, you know, more so than other superstars of this generation who mm. have been like all NBA first team level players, you know, or, or Harden's like the, probably the shooting guard on the old decade team for yeah, the last decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, him or Rodney Hood. <clears throat> yeah, him or Rodney Hood. Uh, he, he hasn't like 
done the extra work and like taken care of his body and like really um yeah done yeah. things to mitigate the decline in his his athleticism and now that he's here and he's like you know early to mid 30s and he's declining it's like not actually all of that shocking yeah yeah anyway yeah. i just really push back on this like victim victim narrative from these players because obviously it would be really hard to you know, sit in a media scrum and have people saying like, why aren't you as good as you used to be? But like you get paid $50 million a year. And part of it is that you just have to maybe answer a tough question every now and then. Mm. If you have your own self-esteem in order, James Harden, you will be able to handle those questions. And then you'll be able to get in your Lamborghini and drive to your $10 million house. Um, the final bit of reporting around here that I thought was relevant was that Jalen Green, while on uh, Paul George's podcast, said, quote, playing with Harden could help and hurt at the same time. Uh, I'll, I'll come in here and speak as one of the experts who had just put this team together on uh, on, 2K, 2K. on 2K My League. Um, it's quite good on 2K, yeah. <laughs> it's quite good. What's Jalen Green's release like on 2K? Oh, really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's one of those guys where if he's anywhere even like looking at the paint and you press square, it's just going to be a dunk. Like yeah. he hits the animation yeah. and um, absolutely nothing like real life whatsoever. Where are you at on Jalen Green as a NBA player in the next two, I, three years? I was thinking about it. Like, remember when we were all sort of down on Darren Fox? And yeah. I, Darren Fox has sort of surprised me with how fucking good he is. Like, he's obviously clutch player, player of the year, candidate for most improved if it wasn't for everyone else having like crazy most improved candidates candidacies um and you know he's, he's a legitimate all-star very good player did absolutely fucking crazy shit in the playoffs and that's that's awesome to see that he's like stepping up in the playoffs that's what you want and 12 months ago um there was some quotes saying oh should they just like trade him trade him to houston and like houston can sort of jumpstart their rebuild because they don't have a point guard and uh, and, and Sacramento can just take a different look at a different guy. And that was like five years into De'Aaron Fox's career. And if you had asked me, so we're heading into Jalen Green's third year, if you had asked me heading into De'Aaron Fox's third year, what's it going to be like? Like, where are you, what's, what's the, what are you feeling? I'll be like, oh, he's going to have a breakout and it's his third year. He's figured out what he's going to do and then he's going to be the all-star. And it's like, no, that just happens like four years on. That just happens, you know, at the six-year mark. Um, and I was thinking about it with Jalen Green, saying like, Jalen Green, like, you know, he's, he's had this pedigree and he looks really good and he does good things, but he's on a horrible team that's had horrible coaching. And then I'm just thinking, oh, maybe he's on the Darren Fox mold where it's like, you know, in, in year six, he's just going to come to the playoffs and it's like, oh, you're actually just like Filipino Jimmy Butler. <laughs> but he's just been, I don't, I would love to think that, but he's been doing heaps of media shit. Like he's just been doing heaps of, which is like, you know, it's, it's, he can do what he wants. He's not playing basketball anymore. Mm. But at least with, like with Darren Fox, apart from the, apart from the crypto shit, you never really heard of him the like crypto shit yeah but you oh, never you never man. really <laughs> I forgot about that yeah he scammed everyone out of like a million dollars yeah but it also so all that does is actually take away five points off your playoff average yeah <laughs> yeah and add 1.4 turnovers per game <laughs> the thing with the thing with Fox though and why I don't think that's a, a an apples to apples comparison with what we're projecting for green yeah is that Fox's was his his third or fourth season? He was like genuinely unlucky to not be an all star. He was fucking was awesome. He? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Was this last year? Jamie, Jamie like- let's pull that. Up. It was three seasons ago. Um, he he the the Kings were okay. He had a really awesome season, and it was like uh, oh the shit, Luke, the Luke Walton. Season. It was like oh yeah, it was yeah. like oh shit, like this guy is actually fucking 
awesome. And then he took the step back and everyone was like, oh, actually, he was really shit. It was, it was, yeah. it was this one. He went, he went from, he went from averaging 21 to averaging 25 and seven, shooting 48% from the field. Yeah. Um, Fuck, he's shooting 51. That's awesome. Yeah. He, he was, he was three, three turnovers with seven and a half assists, which for your like ball dominant point guard is, is a pretty yeah. fucking good assist to turn over. On a bad and And then the team. next... The next season, he kind of like was like, "Oh, he's not as good, and he's not having the impact that he's having." And everyone was like, "Oh, let's write him off." Yeah. And that's when the trade talk started coming, and then he just picked it up. So over the last two seasons, he's had two like elite level. Yeah. You know, and the reason why he didn't make the the reason why he didn't make the All Star team that season is because the guards was like Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Yeah. That was the the. Chris Paul, Renaissance Paul, in, yeah, in Paul Renaissance, yeah, Booker Book, was also yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, well, okay, yeah, 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 you know, probably not getting into that group, but he was still really good. Whereas Green, like, what's Green shown so far? Yeah, that's that's you're right. I feel like Green is really, I feel like Green is above average at like a lot of, a lot of things, but it's just this, it's just like. But like, he's had no direction. Like, that team's not... Yeah, it, he's not going to be rewarded. I sound pretty S-E-N-E right now. <laughs> but he's not going to be rewarded for doing, like, the good little things and just, like, helping his team. Because he's, he's playing with... He's playing he with also, KPJ. He also hasn't hasn't done those things, though. Yeah. And there is an opportunity for young players, no matter what their situation is, to, like, be a tone setter mm. and to do those things. Mm. And I feel like it's fair to say that he hasn't done those things. But also from just a player archetype perspective... Like I can find a six-five scoring guard who's like almost as good at scoring as Jalen Green. Yeah, I can just find that without having to like invest thirty million dollars a year yeah, into that yeah. player's extension. So he's like, if that's the skill that my team's lacking, I can go. I can go and get that. Are you? Can I just like jump a few steps in your take and say are you calling him like young Rudy Gay? No, well, I mean, like, yeah, kind of. I think that's actually, I think that's actually a really good comparison because it's like he he he's not a very good playmaker. He's not one of these like you know he's not like a, a Westbrook or a Harden where it's like wow the ball is just in your hands, but you actually are genuinely like a preternatural passer mm. with a really good skill set for bringing your teammates into the game. Mm. And I, I, I mean, he's clearly not a good defender. That's you know he's young he has the frame and the athleticism to be a good defender we'll see if that comes but I guess I'm just like for him to kind of like deliver he kind of needs to become Anthony Edwards and Anthony Edwards was kind of showing that he was Anthony Edwards in his first and second seasons whereas Jalen Green I feel like hasn't and you and I don't don't necessarily love Anthony Edwards. Like he he had a good playoffs and he like he impressed me a bit these playoffs. Um, but we don't really love what he does. Well, I mean, <coughs> I I don't like I'm not in love with it. Like I think he's like going to be a top fifteen player. But like Anthony Edwards is going to be a five time All Star. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think right now, if you told Houston Jalen Green's going to be a five time All Star, they would be like, oh fuck yeah, we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we will take that because Anthony Edwards like he's he, he's really good. He improved his defense. He's got the frame and the you know the build and the athleticism to be really good on that. And he just needs to try, which he did this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he scores 25 a game. Yeah. 
Um, and he's not with D'Lo anymore, so yeah. everything should be up. Um, speaking of not with D'Lo anymore, um, right after being eliminated, the Los Angeles Lakers had internal discussions on trading for Trey Young, according to Johan Buha of The Athletic. <coughs> um, wow, Trey Young, he's that superstar <laughs> who plays for the Atlanta Hawks. What would he be doing on the Los Angeles Lakers? Good question, Dante. Um, first of all, his agent is one Rich Paul for Clutch Sports, but... Um, when you heard this, you were probably thinking, how the fuck is that going to happen? I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I'll tell you how it's going to happen. Are you a mind reader? Um, so for this, and I'll just throw in a, a Kyrie Irving sign and trade. Um, it actually doesn't have to be a sign trade. I think I got that wrong. They can just they can just straight out sign Kyrie Irving. So the, the Lakers can go down the cap space... Uh, the cap space route this off season by declining Malik Beasley's team option. Which can you guess how much how much money his uh, team option is worth? I'm gonna say it's worth twelve. It's sixteen. Fuck, <laughs> that's a lot. I thought I was being optimistic with twelve. <laughs> um, they can waive Mo Bamba and Jared Vanderbilt, who are completely non guaranteed. But you know, Vanderbilt's definitely a good player if you have him on. I think it's seven. Um, let D'Lo, Rui, Lonnie Walker, and Dennis Schroeder walk if they make anything above the minimum. Oh, you mean half of your playoff rotation, <laughs> <laughs> um, and arguably one of your best guards. Um, and then you can throw twenty nine million dollars at Curry Irving, or I think I think. But then they'll have to trade for Trey Young, and they don't have any assets. That's right. That, that's, that- <laughs> that's, the, that's kind of the pool. That's why I've written sign and trade, so they can. Yeah, that's that's it. They're not going to get Trey Young. So I thought this was here just to be like, D'Lo has said ever since he came to LA. Oh, I really like it here. I get to do things. I'm not with that French prick anymore. Um, how cool's LA? And then he's just absolutely stunk it up because he's D'Angelo Russell is not very good at basketball. Um, and then following the Western Conference Finals, he's like, I can really see myself being in the purple and gold for, for the long term. Um, and I think this is the Lakers front office. And I, maybe I'm giving Palinka too much credit, but I think it's the front office being like, okay, let's give uh, Rich Paul just a little bit of a you know, free PR lap for a day. Um, but let's just really make it clear to everyone that we're looking for a point guard. So let's just pick a good point guard in the NBA so that it's like, we, this is no longer the D'Angelo Russell's The Point Guard Show. That's what I think is going on because there's way too many hoops to jump through just to sign Kyrie Irving, which comes with its own problems, um, let alone Trey Young. What else? It does come with its own problems, doesn't it? What? Signing Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen to any of the last 197 episodes <laughs> of this podcast for an in-depth rundown of the problems that having Kyrie Irving on your team. Uh, I will mention the problems do change, um, which which is a well, positive and a negative. Year it's one year it's anti-vax <laughs> and then the next year it's anti-Semitism. Uh, and what's it going to be next year? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that'll put the bums in seats. Like, oh my God, why are we going to, why is Kyrie going to be inactive for this for this game? <laughs> He assaulted a woman, walk, an elderly woman trying to cross the street. <laughs> um, if they don't trade for Trey Young or sign and trade Kyrie Irving, which uh, it's a report that I haven't thrown in here, but apparently the Mavs had a wink-wink under the table, handshake deal uh, done when they made that trade and they're just going to sign Kyrie to it's, the max. It's worth just saying like the, you know, the, the Lakers have no assets to trade for Trey Young. Trey Young is a multiple-time All-NBA player who's like 24 years old. And yeah. like, yeah, he's kind of like a little bit shit, but... He's still that, and the He's Hawks will value him as that. And the Lakers owe every single future pick that they have. Except for one. Except for one. 29. 29. The Lakers have one first-round pick that they could potentially trade for Trey Young. Well, as soon as July 1st hits, they'll also have access to a 30 swap. 
as you were. Um, uh, yeah, the the other route which the Lakers can go, which they probably fucking will go because this Trey Young thing is bullshit. Yeah, um, is re-signing Rui. Uh, do you reckon it's going to be above the MLA? Do you reckon? Who's his agent? <laughs> uh, Utah want to know about that's that's not even funny. Um, Lonnie Walker, do you reckon he's next contract's going to be above the taxpayer MLE? No, but 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 he had a good yeah, game good four player. against yeah, the Warriors, who actually no, turned no, out to be yeah. bad. Yeah, do you reckon no, Dennis Schroeder's more than a minimum player yeah. after? Def- yeah, fuck. Dennis, Dennis Schroeder, I would. Someone might pay Dennis Schroeder the full MLE. <sighs> Den- he was genuinely, yeah, but- he was genuinely a good two-way guard in this playoff run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. No, he was the best defender. <laughs> maybe he looks like that because the Lakers didn't have any. Like, you know, who, who's he being? No, he was good. He was legitimately good. Like, but I'll- I mean, like you compare him to like Lonnie Walker and and D'Lo, and it's like, wow, he's such. I- a good- he was genuinely good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think someone could talk themselves into a short term, like a two for twenty. What's the MLA these days? Like eleven. Six. Two- Oh, the full MLA the full will be 12. MLA, yeah. 12. Two for 24 for Schroeder, I think. I don't think anyone's dumb enough to, to do a longer term yeah, deal than yeah. that. But um, like, what? So, like, I don't know, four for 85? Yeah, something like, something like <laughs> um, that. Does that hypothetical Schroeder team, does their name rhyme with the Bugbargo Bulls? I see. I was thinking the Mamoit Mistons. Someone like, <laughs> that's disgusting. Someone like that. No way. Someone like that. Just a team that's like, oh, we need we need a veteran point guard who can set the tone for our young players who don't want to defend, and they're like this guy, ignoring the last ten years of his career. I will mention that when he did get traded in a salary dump from Boston to Houston, a salary dump when he was earning <laughs> five point nine million. <laughs> um, he was actually. Uh, yeah, he was actually a good vet. Remember, Kelly Eco of The Athletic had that report where he's like, Schroeder's really like picked up this role of just like instructing the young guys how to play. And then the coach got fired for not managing. Um, maybe maybe it's... it's Well, KPJ, it's his well, fault. Yeah, yeah maybe, it, maybe it is. But also, like, he instructed them how to play, yet it's Jalen Green and KPJ and the young guys he's instructing how to play. Yeah. Um, D'Lo's going to be an interesting free agent because it's very clear... Do you clear. think D'Lo is more than a taxpayer MLE player? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. But I think if you get him on that TPMLE, he will be good for that. Or he'll be good for a minimum. Yeah, but the problem is if you get him on the TPMLE, you just pay, play him 18 minutes per game. But you get like, him on the TPMLE and then you make him your starting point guard or your sixth man, yeah. the first guard off the bench. Yeah, yeah. He's going to play like I know D-Lo. what a sixth man is. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, if, you, if you give him anything above the minimum, he's going to be like, oh, my career is so fine. I don't know why I'm not making $24 million anymore. Um, could you see him on Washington? Oh, I could see anyone on Washington. Who the <laughs> fuck knows what's going on? Who knows what's going on? Bleacher Report today gave me a notification that the, the they gave me the alert, the alarm bell. Mm, Trajan Langdon. That fucking... Uh, Michael Winger. Michael Winger, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're poaching the Clippers yeah. the Clippers GM to become their, their president of basketball operations. And it was like the ultimate just drop their alarm emoji. Don't, oh, yeah. Don't, it's not an alarm <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. that. Like, it's not an alarm. Oh, see. like a, a, a non-playoff team is stealing the executive you've never heard of from a first-round exit playoff team. He's, that's the, not, he's the architect that's of the Los not, Angeles Clippers. Lawrence Frank was the architect of the Los true. Angeles Clippers. Um, that's not an alert. 
Emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like yeah, yeah. It's even sending me a notification is a bit of a stretch. It's giving nah. Send the fucking notey, brother. But <laughs> it, it's giving Kevin Young will interview with the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. Like yeah. it needs to be on that tier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you can't say breaking. <laughs> you have to say report. Like, if you're saying anything, say report. You can't be saying breaking. Like, don't. Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that's. Don't even say report. Just say per at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's so funny. Um, any any notifications? Yeah, how about that Blaze in Sydney? <laughs> no, that's no bullshit. No, I know, but is it an AB- <laughs> is it an ABC one? Yeah, yeah. ABC's been going off sending me random noties, being like breaking three pedestrians are dead in a <laughs> car crash in northwest victoria yeah yeah, yeah. police you signed are on up the for scene. Vic news you dingus i'm unsubscribed <laughs> now because i was getting like two car crash notifications a day <laughs> yeah <laughs> um one time condolences to the family but i don't need to be getting that one time i was driving to bright with a yeah. uh, friend of the program jackson Beautiful part of the world oh, gorgeous part of the world Dante's having a sip of his beer by the way um so yeah we were driving a bright and then like my phone was just like laying down in the middle and then like some of my friend Jackson's next to me I'm driving and then it pops up and the ABC news looks a little bit like the bleacher report <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we saw it and then he's like whoa something's come in right <laughs> As it, this must have been during like the off season. It's just like free agency. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so he's picked it up and he's like, "Oh, and I'm like, oh, did like did Calvin Johnson sign with the Bucks or some shit, right?" And he's like, "No, woman stabbed to death." <laughs> um, <laughs> or it was something even worse. But it's just like the the police have dropped the case yeah, trying like to figure bit, it out. A bit like a bit heinous. <laughs> we just don't need to be getting that <laughs> we actually just donated again that no no yeah uh, keep it in the holster ABC so one of these will be quick one of these will be a little bit more than a little bit less than quick um, the Rockets are going to target Brooke Lopez Dylan Brooks Austin Reeves and Cam Johnson in free agency coming from Kelly Eco of The Athletic for what it's worth my 2K mile league that I did before I did throw the bag at Cam Johnson how much gave, I say you back gave him the respect he deserved 4 for 80 Bloody matched well by the Brooklyn Nets mm. that's why I had to move in a different direction get yeah. Brooke Lopez yeah. um, really doesn't fit well with Shengun and uh, the other junior who plays the centre position um, but yeah this is the the Bucks are f- uh, not the Bucks the, the Rockets are fucking weird <laughs> so so weird no, well, uh, it's, uh, it's still it's Raphael Raphael Stone over there mm, yeah but this is like his last chance to the be found, good the Fountain of Stone is a bit stinky <laughs> <laughs> the water in the Fountain of Stone is a bit like tepid and like there's, you know, a, bit of, there's a bit of moss growing at the bottom of the do fountain. You, do you remember defending him when when he first got the gig? Nah. So, We've been doing this a long time. So when he first got the gig, right, right, maybe it was just after Tillman Fertitta bought the team. Tillman Dirty Fingers Fertitta. Um, Frittata. And then I was like, oh yeah. No, Daryl Morey left because the Hong Kong stuff. It was like a mid-season move. Yeah. Uh, and then James Harden asked out, and then Raphael Stone did a good job at negotiating the yeah. you know the future of the Brooklyn Nets for yeah. for the um, for the Rockets. But then I was just like, man, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, you know, he's one of Dirty Fingers' henchmen. Like, he's he's literally like been following that guy around. Like, he's 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 been in Frittata's like organizations forever. He's just elevated this dude. He's not even a basketball guy. Like, get you and me in there. Like, we're 
we're investing in scouting like we're just like we're give we're getting second draft guys like we're giving Lonnie Walker a real good look like shit like that right I was like this motherfucker's not even a basketball guy and you were like hold on hold on he, <laughs> he just negotiated like a good James Harden deal like no, it's hard to make a superstar no. trade in the best no, of time. Did, but-, but from a positional weakness right this guy this guy's rocked up is fat that, is that what you think I said I'm like that's uh, you, I just, that's I'm just not good at accents that's your impression of me is, 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 is a basketball idiot <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no, but you, you just defended him, and I was like, oh, maybe I should like check myself. Like, fuck me, I'm actually giving this stone fella a bit of work. But then he then he drafted. Uh, it's great that I can't remember his name. Um, who's the who's the tall power forward who should be a center who just fades in and out of games? The guy they just drafted, Kyrie Eason. No, that Kenyon Martin Jr. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't know. Let's get. Let's Who was the third pick? Fades in. Oh, Jabari Smith Jr. Jabari Smith Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he fades in and out of your head, let alone the basketball yes. court. Well, I fucking just had a second round pick and an undrafted player before I said Jabari Smith. Yeah, Jr. Tari so. breakout. Yeah, <laughs> that's his Instagram handle. Um, and now they're gonna fucking sign a Brook, whether that be Lopez or Dylan. I just don't think that they're thinking about Shengun as. Uh, as a generational player. Yeah. They're kind of like, all right, if Shengun is like uh, an average starting center or like a good off the bench center, like, all right, well, it doesn't really matter. Some people are saying that he might be a bench. He, he might be like a really good bench center. He which might be like Bobby Porter's yeah, back and pass. Which is fine. And so um, in that case, Brooke Lopez next to Jabari Smith Jr. would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And James Harden for what it's worth. Um, he goes, Jokic, Sabonis, Shengun, Sean. We're talking about big man passes? Yeah. Yeah. Big man passes. If we were going screen setters, you're definitely above Shengun. Mm. Yeah, you're definitely above. There's, Thanks, there's, brother. There's nothing more comforting as a ball handler mm. than when Shawnee Carroll is coming up and your man is getting, is your man's in the crosshairs and you just know, all right, if I'm going right, I'm going to get where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I'm going to roll and I'm going to. I feel like I fumble a bit on the court yeah, as well. I won't find you. I'm going straight for the rim. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I roll, I'm sealing. I'm doing assist. the. I'm doing the statums. Uh, let's move on because the Rockets are. Uh, I just. I just want them to throw forty million dollars at um, Chris Middleton, and then he just continues to be injured. Uh, Monty Williams. Monty Williams declined the opportunity to coach the Detroit Pistons, also known as the Mamoit Mistons, with a quote <laughs> big money offer, also known as a big money moffer, according to Mark Stein. Um, there were ties between Troy Weaver and Monty Williams during their time with OKC. Uh, and yeah, in, in this same report from Mark Stein, Monty's going to be quote picky with his next destination. Um, I didn't know this, but he's owed $20 million over the next three years from the Phoenix Suns. I'd love to be a fired coach. Like Tibbs is probably still getting paid by the bull somehow. Um, but this is, this is fine. I, if, if I was a good, you know, a good vibes coach like Monty Williams, who, you know, is good at his job, and there's a heap of contenders that, like, if he if he might be coaching the Milwaukee Bucks, I would much rather that than the Detroit Pistons because I'm just not not too crash hot on the future of the Detroit Pistons. Um, yeah, what, what say you? I think from analyzing this from Monty's perspective, if he goes to a contender or like a really good team and just does what he did in Phoenix in the macro, mm-hmm. where he takes a team that's really talented and has a lot of success with them, but ultimately can't deliver. If you look at that as like him not delivering as the worst case scenario, 
the Detroit Pistons job or another job exactly like it will still be there in four years. Yeah. If you go to the Bucks and you can't get the most out of Giannis, but you win 50 plus games every season and you go to the conference finals twice, people will look on that and say like, oh, like, was it a failure that you never made the finals or you never won a, won a chip or whatever? And even if the consensus is that that's true, you'll still be able to <clears throat> go and join a shit team that has a whole bunch of young players and like get the big money off up. Yeah. So you may as well throw your hat into the ring for the Bucks and the Sixers and who the fuck else is is going? Rap- the Raptors. Raptors. You know, there there are like a few. You know, if not perennial. Um, if not perennial deep playoff teams, then, you know, in the case of the Raptors, like a team that's like loaded with assets and all NBA-esque players, Mm -hmm. um, the, the, you know, the option will will still be there in four years for that big money move. So Mm -hmm. I think he's, he's right. I I am skeptical of his ability to, to be that coach though, that like goes to that new situation and like, yeah, turns it, yeah, gives that team like the leg up. Did 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 he arrive at the same time as Chris Paul, or was it a year before? He was a year before. He had one really bad year. Who was the point guard then? Ricky Rubio. Yeah, it was yeah, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. yeah, friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show. Um, yeah, he had one like twenty, you know, twenty nine win season uh, with Rick, um, or? and then and then we went to the bubble. That was yeah, his. It was nineteen. Yeah, nineteen twenty was his first season, mm. and then we went to the bubble and. You know, had that really heartening eight uh, no run, and then yeah, after that it was Chris Paul, and then and then the the Suns as we have known them for the last few years were born. God, I want DeAndre Ayton off my team. Just (laughs) you know, just not a Monty comment. Have you have you thought about what we said last week? Jordan Poole for DeAndre Ayton? Yes, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. What what if we throw the seventeenth pick in there? Nah. If you had, if you still had Jim Wiseman, maybe I'd take, maybe I'd think about it. Throw a loony in there, and we'll talk about it. No, no. no, I mean, literally, just get him out. <laughs> you know, like this is the ultimate moment for the the SpongeBob. Let's kill him, man. <laughs> I um I wrote an article for PippinAteasy.com today, which will be live by the time you listen to this, um, based off a report from Sean Devaney of Heavy that the yeah you know, the Suns is looking at ways to get get the fuck off um, DeAndre Ayton. Um, and if one you of, say Nikola Vucevic, nah, nah. So one of one of them was the Bulls, obviously mm. writing for the Bulls blog um, at Bulls Beat Blog on Twitter. Uh, one of them was the Bulls, but they said we don't want Vooch. We're we're not going to do any deal that involves a Vooch sign and trade. We yeah. want DeRozan, if anything. Oh, even that. Um, but just like it's it's just. It's just difficult because the next team's going to talk themselves into him. Just be like, oh, can you just be Bismack Beyond Beyond steroids? And he's like, hold on, can I post up maybe 10 times a game? Can I shoot an elbow jumper every single time I touch the ball? <laughs> can I never commit fully to a screen? Yeah. 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 He play. yeah, he plays like me in the key, which is terrible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even I'm not, I'm not afraid to shoot free throws. <laughs> if, I, if I find myself getting an offensive board, I'm, I'm going up. He, mm. he's, he's, he's fucking gone with the, the dribble away from the rim over the left shoulder, right hook. Come on, brother. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, I've said it before on this show, but if I was seven foot, Forget I'd be doing it a hell of a lot differently than him. You'd be switching codes. He was playing footy once you turn 30. Mate, if I... Oh! 
Did I tell you I had lunch with Josh Kennedy? Nah. Josh yeah. Kennedy from the West Coast Eagles? Nah, the Sydney Swans. Oh, Josh Thor- P. Kennedy. Okay. Yeah. What's he like? Um, no, he's good. We, uh, when what, what, what's his... I didn't, I didn't actually know it was him until we left the pub. Yeah. So he, he works for the company next door to us. Yeah, work. right. Um, and then like he was like, you know, they're a company of 10 or whatever and we've got the six or seven of us. Yeah. So we're on a massive table. So I'm like far enough away from him and then um, my colleague was like, oh, you know, because uh, so, I... Yeah, I'll I'll try to keep this as PG and as, as secretive as possible. Yeah, I've heard some things about Josh Kennedy anyway. So oh, probably, really? probably would want to keep it PG. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, you just you've just straight up stalked him on LinkedIn. Is he's there? Corporate speaker. I didn't know he did that. Anyway, he likes basketball, and I was wearing a deep two jumper. And then my mate at work was like, "Oh, the deep two! Look at this! Look at this! Look at this! It's a podcast!" And I was like, "Yeah, hey. that's me, mate." Yeah, yeah. Oh. No. He's got. Well, let's not his, let's not dox he's him. He's got on his LinkedIn yeah. professional AFL football. Yeah, but <laughs> fuck Dante, are you not doing that? <laughs> no, I so I so would be. I um, so would be. But yeah, I think it was his father. Anyway, head over to LinkedIn.com <laughs> forward slash iron forward slash Joshua Kennedy. <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't talk to him much, but then I saw him because we're in the same office, and then after he after he knew that I like basketball, walked in. This is actually a pretty unique take. I know Josh Kennedy's thoughts on the basketball. Yeah. This is right after game three, Boston, Miami, right? Can I guess what his thoughts are? Okay, but can I, I'll set the scene. So I'm, I'm sitting, by the way, he drinks coffee out of a Scorpa cup, a Scorpa espresso cup. Yeah, one of the little ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bloody hell. Is he Italian? Nah, he's Neither not. Am I. I've got him as well. But his wife, good, his, good his, his wife's South American. Really? Yeah. So that's why she plays the Italian card game. Makes yeah. per- I beat an Italian in Scorpa. You know, we've had that Italian chick stay with us. Yeah. Oh, he beat it. Yeah, yeah, beat yeah. It. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So it was like eleven to seven. Um, so I'm I'm in the I'm in the the kitchen cleaning my utensils. Yeah. And he comes in. How about that basketball man? Oh God, Jimmy's good. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, he's he's just unbelievable, isn't he? Like he just forces his team over the line. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But you know, Denver on a roll as well. What What do you think was his take next? I reckon his take is Jimmy's got that dog in him. It wasn't. His, his take was a lot more measured. It was, it's going to be a good finals. <laughs> and then uh, and then the follow-up after that um, was, I was like, oh, but you, you know, Denver haven't lost a game at home. And he's like, oh, but we've, he actually said, he said, we've, we've ruled out Jimmy every series and I don't want to do it again. Yeah, he's learning from his mistakes. <laughs> he's learning from his mistakes. So you're telling me that you had, you had a conversation with Josh Kennedy Mm. in your workplace mm. and yeah. I'm telling you I probably, you had, I probably have one tomorrow you had a captive a captive audience and he knows you do a basketball podcast and you didn't say you want to come on <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> do you want to one? yeah you're telling me that Josh Kennedy wants to come and sit, sit around the table with a few souls and talk some basketball <laughs> with us yeah I'll have him on I think he lives in the south east but yeah, but you work in man. I'll come to the, I'll come to Redacted South. We can do it. We can do it at your workplace in Redacted Southside suburb. I gotta work when I'm at my workplace. Yeah, but say I'll come. I'll come five thirty. Was he good at footy? Yeah, he's very good at footy. Yeah, right. Yeah, Captain A. I mean, have a look at this. Oh, you show him his work experience. He used to play for the Sydney Mate, have Swans. Have a look at his cover photo. It's, oh, it's, you want a ring? It's him. Yeah, it's him lifting the. Who's that, yo? <laughs> I don't know. Who that is. <laughs> 
I don't know who that is. Yeah, God. that's Kieran Jack. I don't know who any of these other guys are, though. Is one of them Todd Keneally? Uh, yeah, probably. Mm. Who's the most Irish-looking bloke there? That's probably him. No, nah, you're thinking... Anyway, of... there's Joshy behind the shucker. Who's is who's that? Um, yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, a few... This is before my time of really paying attention to the footy, so I'm not really right. sure. That's John Longmire there. You can see... You can kind of half see his head. Um... Yeah. Yeah, anyway, we've got about three of, of about of about 15. But yeah, he was good at footy. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. You've got to be pretty good at footy to play for 16 years. Yeah. Last week here, let's just check my LinkedIn notifications. So many of them. Now, about, so see how you're getting shit ones, like the Thursday wrap-up? Yeah. Press the three dots, so don't want to see this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you, you get my email? Yes, sir? Yeah, I got your email. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm doing later tonight. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this seems like a good place to wrap to, <laughs> to wrap up a joint LinkedIn session. Actually, <laughs> anyway, moral of the story: if if you've got Josh Kennedy in the palm of your hand, tell him to come on. He's not in the palm of my hand. No, nah, he's saying to you a measured basketball take. He's trying to impress you because he he probably is thinking. Jimmy's got that dog in him, but he's probably thinking, I don't want to come in here with a Jimmy's got that dog in him take. I want to come in here and be measured and intelligent. And he said to you, it's going to be a good finals, which Josh, you're right, it is. So (laughs) (laughs) if you, Josh, if you're listening and you made it to the minute 116, I mean, 76 of this, (laughs) of this episode, come on the pod. Yeah, anyway, you know you've got some work to do tomorrow. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. I don't think their office is open on Friday. So Monday, I'll I'll give you a buzz. Send him an email. Yeah. Um, Dante, I'll speak to you next week. Peace. If you look for PointsBet's stock exchange listing, you'll find a bucket of jargon and doublespeak as they're considered a quote wagering services operator unquote. That's a corporate stretch for the colloquial friendly Brogan or hey, look, it's Chris Bosch kind of image they're sending off with their targeted advertising. I don't know about you, but take me back to the days when former pro sports players signed brand deals with hair loss clinics or Fujitsu aircons, not quote wagering service providers. If you're scrolling through your Facebook feed and you come across the two of our faces morphed into one, would that make you listen to our podcast more? I mean, if it does, let us know and we'll start doing it. But when I see a few NBA players' faces morphed into one, it doesn't make me want to pull out my wallet and donate some money to my local wagering services provider. The worst part is we're coming to accept it. Gambling ads are, sorry, wagering service provider ads are so ingrained in our sports and the way sports is delivered to us, it's almost impossible to avoid. Three quarters of Australian children aged between 8 and 16 years who watch sport think that betting on sport is normal and can name more than well, one or more sport betting companies. When I was in school, I was struggling to remember Pokemon names and I'd be furious if I knew that brain power was being used to put towards wagering service providers and not them. The wagering service providers know exactly who to target. It's not okay to let them ingrain themselves in young Australians' minds. It's not okay to target people in the middle of a pandemic, and it's not okay for gambling companies to wield so much influence in the world of sports. To help kick gambling out of sport, use your voice and sign the petition at www.ngamblingads.org.au forward slash petition.